some your dream companies apply to those and there's nothing to lose right to right you have nothing to lose like just try it like try. yeah sure like a lot of people don't get the jobs the vast majority of people don't get the jobs hell i didn't get the first i didn't get the job like the first two times i applied like my first interview was in 2015 and i got the job in november of 2017 right so you know you know um it's it's not you know it's not a shot to your ego if you don't get it So we're very fortunate today to have David join our podcast. Welcome, David. Uh, Hi, Tom. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Yes. So we're going to definitely learn more about David and what he does. Um, Currently, David is an IT test engineer at Google. So David, how did you get started in the IT field? Yes, I'll start from the beginning. you know, I went to Rutgers in Jersey. I started in 2007 was my undergrad year. And um, I really just kind of happened into computer science. Like I was an undeclared major. I had some computer science classes, but, you know, I had a bunch of random other classes like Spanish and history and, you know, psychology and stuff like that. Um, and then it just so happened that when I was doing the computer science classes, I actually liked it. I liked the programming, like I could actually do good on it. And that's where it all started. I mean, you know, after, you know, five years, <laughs> I graduated from undergrad. I got my degree in electrical and computer engineering. And right after graduating, I got my first job as um, as a programmer. Now, you know, for my story, I, I unfortunately, you know, or maybe fortunately, I was the first in my family to go to college. So I didn't have like a lot of guidance on what to do when you're in college. Like I didn't know the whole system of like booking a class, like, you know, signing up for specific credits, you know, because I'm originally from the Caribbean and it's not really like that in high school. So transitioning to the credit system was very different um, in the States. And also, um, I didn't do any internships whatsoever. So, you know, in the tech world, with no internships on your resume, you're going to have to do a ton of interviews to convince people that you know what you're doing. And that's why it ended up happening to me. I think my final year, I probably did probably 50 interviews before I got my first uh, job offer. Um, And five jobs later, here I am at Google. Wow, that's uh, that's amazing. Um, especially that you mentioned that you're the first to go to college. So I bet you have to go through a lot of obstacles to uh, successfully graduate and make your family very proud. Yeah, like you know, I I think I always had good natural ability, right? Um, like from the beginning, I think my my parents knew that and stuff like that, so they always pushed me. But, you know, once you get on your own, like, it's, 
it's not a matter of, you know, parents pushing you anymore. It's you digging in and finding the motivation. And, but I had some natural ability. So that, that, that carried me a lot of the way. And, you know, I just happen to like uh, programming and programming pays you a lot. So, you know, I got lucky in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's, uh, that's very true. And I think that's, um, you know, IT, it is a very hard field. And um, I know when I went to the University of Maryland at College Park, it was, uh, it was you know, one of those uh, top schools for computer science too. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's very in demand. So, um, so was it, um, was it tough getting those initial, uh, in, in during college, getting those initial interviews, and and luckily you landed a, a job that that uh, fits you well uh, for your for programming. Yeah, so the getting the interviews wasn't tough. I think if I remember correctly, there was like um, essentially like a job board that that's internal to workers that people would post opportunities to. And I also went to a couple, at least a couple career fairs and gave a lot of people my um, resume. I even went to like the career, um, they had like a job center workshop or like a career, I don't remember the exact office, but there was an office that I went to that helped me with my resume. So for the stuff that I did know about, there's a lot of resources that could help you. But the stuff that I didn't know about, like, you know, doing internships, then you kind of on your own if you're not you know if you're not if you're not aware that you know things like that are really important but getting the interviews was easy the hard part was passing the interviews when you don't have solid grasp on all the cs concepts which was my case like in my case i could you know i could figure out certain problems and stuff like that and you know certain coding assignments i could figure it out but what I didn't have was a good grasp on the fundamentals. Like, you know, why, why is this algorithm working? Like, what is the trade-off of using this algorithm versus something else that will use like more space or something like that? Like the fundamentals I didn't have. I just knew kind of like the application, like how do you write the code to produce certain output? Now that's good for certain interviews, but you know, not, everywhere does interviews like on the west coast where you have to straight up code and show that you show your skill a lot of places they'll just have a conversation with you and the first conversation like they'll just ask you some fundamental questions and if you if you get stumped on those then you know they they just they won't waste your their time on you right yes so it's it's a lot of uh repetition too you know it's also a lot of like um when say when 10 people ask you similar questions you sort of get the hang of it and also is um you you would tend to loosen up you know and won't get so tense during the interview too right i think that right might have helped as well so what's that yeah for sure so what was the google interviewing process like yeah for the google interview it's a little bit um, different than those in the past. Those in the past, yeah, you talk about your projects and they'll ask you a question about your projects and accomplishments and stuff like that. 
But for the Google interview, you know, maybe the phone screener that you have with HR, they'll ask you a few of those questions, if I remember correctly, but they really don't care about your projects and stuff like that. They care about, can you actually code, right? So it's very different with Google. I, m- I remember the first phone screener, right? You know, HR person would ask you some questions, but the HR person already, you know, saw your resume and knew that they wanted to bring you at least to a phone interview. So they just did pleasantries and just to make sure that you are the person that wrote this resume, at least. Then the first real challenge comes when you actually do the phone screener with one of the engineers who have you code on that Word doc. And that person is not, you know, that person probably spent maybe two minutes or so just looking over your resume just to ask you a quick icebreaker question about your resume. Then the full 40 minutes um, is just your time to write code. So, you know, if you don't know how to code, pretty much they'll figure you out. And past experience is not as important as actually knowing what you're doing. Right. So for for your specific uh, position that you applied at Google, it seems that it is very straightforward in a sense, and then it's technical that you do have to know how to code. Yeah, you do have to know the code. Now, you know, Google, I applied to probably, I don't know, maybe six or seven different roles at Google. You know, for Google, you know, at the time when I was applying back in 2015, you just upload it to your resume, then you saw whatever jobs you want and you just click apply. So one button apply. You didn't have to write a cover letter or none of these things. So it was really, really easy to apply. And out of those seven jobs that I applied for, I probably got, let's say, around six interviews at least, you know, for these different roles. Now, with the phone screeners, I would say five of those jobs or four four of those jobs, they wrote me off immediately. They kind of asked me some specific questions, like one was like a Linux system administrator or something along that 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 um, line, and then they asked me, "Okay, what does this Linux command actually do?" And I couldn't answer it. Then they ask another, like you know, kind of multiple choice question, and you know, the HR person doesn't know the answers to these themselves. They're just looking at a sheet, and I couldn't answer them, so they knew to write me off for those roles. It's just you know, when I did the SWE interview and the test engineering interviews, you know, because I could, you know code at that point, then, you know, that's when I actually made some progress and made it to the actual phone screener with the, with the engineer. Got it. Got it. So it seems like some positions that you applied for, they were uh, more specifically looking for a certain skill set. And if for some reason you uh, didn't have that skill set or weren't able to answer that specific question, then pass on, on you for that position so, yeah actually yeah yep so um yeah so let me just transition over to the google culture so what do you like about google and what is a typical day like for you yeah i would say it's it's pretty awesome i'm not going to sugarcoat it like the rumors that anyone probably has heard about google about how it's cushy there and you know stuff like that it's all true like I can't even explain how like 
comfy it is in a sense. Not that the work is comfy, but they do pamper you. As a quick example, like I, I take, you know, piano classes at work, right? Once a week. And the, the teacher comes to me at, you know, at one of the music rooms and teaches me. So that's, that's how, that's the level of um, uh, pampering that Google affords for its employees. As for the work itself, I mean, you know, Google is such a huge company doing all these cutting edge things. So there's a lot to learn. There's, you know, so many talented people working there. So if your goal is to just learn as much as possible, right? Like if you have that hunger for like just new, new knowledge, like it's the place to be, right? So, you know, I kind of picked up that hunger maybe in 2000 and. 16 or so after I got, you know, laid off from my second job, right? I kind of got that um, hunger for like actually knowing what I'm doing and understanding why things work a certain way. And, you know, that hunger never left me. That hunger is still there. And, you know, me having that hunger and being at Google is the place that actually satisfies it because there's just endless amounts of things to learn. And, you know, the the ladder for just improvement, it just goes on forever. Like right now, you know, I'm a test engineer level four. I started as, as a level three and it goes all the way up to level seven. And I would say as, as a level four, I'm pretty good. I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm not going to brag, it, humble brag, but the ladder just goes up and up and up and up and up. So there's plenty of room to grow. And that's what I love about it. It's, you know, if you have that passion for like learning and wanting more than, and being humbled because, you know, you think, you know, a lot of stuff, but then, you know, you compare a level four to a level five and it's just two different complete beasts. Like you just get inspired to just want to learn more and more and more. Yeah. Just, um, I, I totally agree. And I think there's a lot of perks uh, at Google. And then as far as the, career development uh, programs available to you uh, to help you grow and uh, help you uh, plan ahead for the long term. Oh, yeah. And how about the, the team dynamics, um, the folks that you work with every day? Uh, what's the environment like? Yeah, so it depends, you know, Google is such a big place. So, you know, what your what group you're in is the, determines like the team culture. So, you know, for certain teams, they'll do like, you know, a scrum every morning and stuff like that. Whereas some other teams just, you know, they'll meet once a week and do a quick sync and everybody, the expectation is that you're going to do your work, right? That's the given for every single team everybody expects that, you know, you're going to do your work and do it really, really good because that's just what they're surrounded by. Just people just being really, really good and figuring out things on their own, right? That's kind of a, a hallmark for all the, the Google engineers. So apart from the actual work though, you know, culture-wise, you know, you'll go to lunch with your team or you go to lunch with like a random person. You know, there's a application where you sign up to have a have lunch with a random person, which is how me and you met. So, you know, the culture for um, like expanding beyond yourself when it comes to not just work, it's 
pretty much endless. Like whatever you're interested in, there's probably a group there that discusses that certain thing. Like, you know, if you're into Magic the Gathering or if you're into, you know, Dungeons and Dragons or if you're, you know, into like salsa dancing or, you know, wine tasting, there's probably a Google group internally where you can sync with people of the same interests or like anime club. Like the possibilities are endless and, you know, it's it's nice to to have that option where you know yeah you can be serious about your work and get stuff done but when you want to take a break and really like um desync from work well you can also find that at work where you can find other interesting things that are not work related that have nothing to do with your fellow teammates but you'll still have that base level of okay we have this thing in common let's see what else we have uh in common that's not just you know being that, okay, we work at Google, yeah, we have that, but, you know, do we also like, you know, pool or table tennis or, you know, uh, um, like marathons and stuff like that? It's just, it's, it's endless. Yes, I, I to- totally agree. It's sort of like having that, you know, work hard, play hard mentality, right? Mm-hmm. There's a, a whole bunch of activities and interests uh, interest that's available for folks to join, groups to join. Um, and, hey, and your manager will probably encourage you to do more of that stuff because, you know, from their perspective, I think the benefit is, yeah, they know you're going to do your work. That's a given, right? You know, to be frank, Google is filled with a lot of overachievers who's, who've been, you know, proven overachievers for a long, long time. So that's not their concern. Their concern is, yeah, sure, prioritizing so that, you know, you're focused on the right task, but outside of that, they want to keep you at Google. So that includes not getting you burnt out, you know, really just trying to get you to expose yourself to the other awesome things that Google has to offer. So it's kind of, you know, the whole company culture is, you know, kind of nudging you to do things that are not work. And it, you know, if you happen to do it with some of your coworkers, that's okay. Yes, I, I like that. I like that. Sort of have some way of balancing your work life. Exactly. And they'll constantly give you reminders of, you know, things like that. Don't be a hero. You know, if the project is going behind, then, you know, it probably wasn't planned properly um, in the beginning or it wasn't scoped or they didn't revise the scope. So they kind of, you know, nudge you pretty heavily to, you know, hey, stop working go do something else. Here's a list of other things that you can do that will make easy for you. Like, you know, go play soccer on your lunch break and stuff like that. Yeah, that's great. Great. Thank you for sharing that with us, David. Uh, I think Mm -hmm. folks that are listening in, they got a lot of value from the uh, couple of the culture um, answers that that you gave. For sure. So, uh, if you have any advice for folks that are starting out in the career or in the mid-career, um, what would you, what would that be? Hmm. Okay. Um, I would say, like, even if you're really comfortable. Sorry. So this is specifically for the mid-career folks, right? Even if you're really comfortable at where you're at and you're having a good time. I mean, you know. It, 
doesn't hurt to just apply, especially for like some of these big tech companies. They make it easy to apply and they have such a huge staff of recruiters. Somebody will probably reach out to you and do an interview. So if you want to just do the interview just for the sake of feeling it out, if you know, you don't even have to study or anything like that. A lot of them will you know, send you study material. Like the recruiters will send you materials about what to study on. But, you know, even beyond that, just, you know, getting a feel for it, right, is kind of an eye-opening kind of experience. Um, Because, yeah, you might be the big fish in a small pond at where you work at, but, you know, if you're, you know, really that big fish, like challenge yourself to to an interview with some of these tough tech companies. It's it's an eye-opening experience. As for people just starting out, what I would say is, yeah, like don't get comfortable, like never lose that kind of hunger for learning, right? And it's not about just knowing, okay, you know, I'm going to learn this tech stack, right? I'm going to know how to use, you know, JavaScript, and I'm going to know to use Node.js, and, you know, I'm going to know, you know, all these specific tech stacks. I think understanding the fundamentals is a lot more important when it comes to some of these um, big tech companies. Sure, if you're gonna work for like, you know, a startup or something like that, then yeah, it's nice to know these tech stacks so you can hit the ground running. But at a lot of these big tech companies, they probably don't use a lot of that tech tech stack. They probably have a lot of their own custom things that they made to scale to their needs. So understanding the fundamentals is a lot more beneficial because you can just hit the ground running and learn from scratch because, you know, once you understand what's going on behind the scene and you know, computer fundamentals, then everything else will kind of be a little bit easier to consume when you deal with more uh, complicated um, systems. So yeah, if you're new, um, yeah, keep learning and keep, revisiting the fundamentals like you know what's the difference between an array and a linked list and how are both of those implemented and what are the trade-offs right you know and a hash map like what's going on on the internals of it right and you know even though you don't use some of the things like some of the sorting algorithms like quick sort and all these kind of algorithms can you you know, if somebody described the algorithm to you and what it does, or if you saw like some white paper of it or some pseudocode, could you actually implement it? Um, And, you know, what language could you be comfortable implementing it in? Once you get a grasp on them, it just kind of opens your eyes and a lot of things just become a little bit more clear. For folks just to have the the good understanding of fundamentals and I think when, when Google hires you, they, they hire folks that are uh, smart and then they have programs in place where they can train, right? Train the yeah. right folks to do the right uh, job. So yeah. having a good solid foundation is important. And then I, I like the other piece of advice that you gave is just don't be comfortable and uh, stay hungry. And and also apply to certain companies, uh, some your dream companies. Apply to those, and there's nothing to lose, right? To right, you have nothing to lose. Like just try it. Like try yeah, it. sure. Like 
a lot of people don't get the jobs. The vast majority of people don't get the jobs. Hell, I didn't get the first, I didn't get the job like the first two times I applied. Like my first interview was in 2015 and I got the job in November of 2017, right? So, you know, you know, um, it's, it's not, you know, it's not a shot to your ego if you don't get it. Um, you know, most people don't get it, but you know, you probably didn't think you were going to get it anyways, because you heard all these myths about how hard it is. And to be fair, it is hard, but hard is kind of subjective, right? Like it, it, what your baseline is determines what's really hard. So like, yeah, it was hard when I was failing. And now that I kind of have, you know, my wits about me, so to speak, it's not as hard. Right. Um, so just try right try try and apply and if you get a call back just go through the experience and trust me there's a lot of people who get the interview on the second time or the third time because you know once you're exposed to it you might think oh this is so difficult but then you go back to your regular life and you look up the answers and you're like wait these answers this is not that many lines of code how is it so simple and then you use that as a motivation to learn like why you know, why is it that this problem that stumped you, why is it solved by these, you know, 15 lines of code, right? Like, why is it not that hard? And use that as an inspiration to to show yourself that you're probably better than you think you are. Yep. So don't give up. Stay hungry. Thank you so much, David. Awesome. Yeah, this was great. Uh, thanks for having me, Tom. And also, thank you, folks, for listening in. We'll see you next time.